for their underwriting of the SFA Cajun Country Virtual Summer Field Trip, their investment in the SFA mission, and their support of this episode of Gravy. SFA thanks our friends from Avery Island, Louisiana. McElhaney Company, maker of Tabasco brand products. Oxford loves a gas station feed. We buy tubs of pimento cheese and sleeves of saltines at James Food Center. Oh, and chicken on a stick from the hot box at the Chevron on South Lamar. Plate lunches of smothered pork chops from Little John's out on Highway 30. Sweet potato masaman curry from Zop at the Three-Way on North Lamar. And barbecue sandwiches capped with slaw at the Skymart out on the road toward the lake. Oh, do go on, John T. If you live in Oxford, you can't help but go on. Gas station food is everywhere in Oxford, and it's everywhere across the region. They serve as community cafes as well as places to fuel up your car. Yes, and in some rural communities, gas stations are the only retail operations for miles. Yep. Cajun country in Louisiana turns out gas station food that delights and surprises and sometimes confounds. Uh, Are you thinking boudin tots? I'm thinking exactly boudin tots, which I ate on my last trip south of I-10 and came away flabbergasted and happy as can be. (laughs) Many gas stations have become food destinations first and filling stations second. That is if the gas pumps still work at all. I'm ready. (laughs) Let's roll. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. We're your host for Gravy. 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 A production of the Southern Foodways Alliance, Gravy tells new and complicated stories about the changing American South. Sarah Holtz has our story, and the grease-stained bag, and the car that smells like a tumped-over sack of pork cracklings and slosh black coffee. All South Louisiana road trips should begin with boudin. That was Louisiana-born writer Ryan Fertel, reading from a 2017 story he wrote about a road trip through Cajun country. Ryan's relationship with gas station food goes way back, to some of his earliest memories growing up in Lafayette. Well, I think my Lafayette story is like the common story of people like leaving home and coming back, and I maybe didn't appreciate um, the gas station and the food culture in Lafayette, but it was there, and I did recognize that Gas stations were plenty, and gas stations had, you know, special food. Chances are, you already know of a few gas stations where there's great food to be found. Whether it's tamales in the Mississippi Delta, scratch-made biscuits in North Carolina, or fried chicken pretty much anywhere in the South. But Cajun country takes it to a new level, with local staples like crawfish, cracklins, and of course, boudin. The Southern Foodways Alliance collected these Louisiana stories for its Southern Boudin Trail Oral History Project. One such story came from folklorist Matt Hackler. Around Lafayette, gas stations often have a hot food counter. So um, boudin, cracklins, and also things like crawfish and shrimp pistolets, which is like a bread pocket, you know, stuffed with uh, fried bread, stuffed with uh, like a crawfish mixture or something like that. Through these conversations, I began to notice how many Southern writers, scholars, and documentarians have turned their attention to gas station food. Documentarian Kate Medley is working on a book on Southern gas stations that positions them as Southern commons, a figurative and literal meeting point for the diverse inhabitants of the modern South. My interest in gas stations 
originated as an eater. Um, I spent a lot of time in the early 2000s traveling around the rural South for work. But having grown up in Mississippi, I knew enough to know that in some of these small towns, the locals are all going to eat lunch at the gas station. Um, and that's where the real homemade food comes when you're in some of these towns that have fewer restaurant options. I asked Kate what makes gas stations democratic with a small d. When you're going through these gas stations, you're seeing, you know, the mechanic, the mayor, the librarian, um, the kids, the elderly people of all different backgrounds. And so I became interested in gas stations as sort of a pure reflection of the community that they serve. I decided to see for myself what that means in South Louisiana. I hopped in my car in New Orleans and headed northwest toward Acadiana. When we come back, we'll join Sarah on her South Louisiana road trip. But first... While we've dealt with uncertain times this year, there's comfort in the idea of embracing the slower pace to dust off an old cookbook, give to those in need, grab items from the pantry for a bit of creative cooking, and to focus on those we hold dear. Made in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Lodge makes cast iron cookware seasoned and ready to use for any culinary curveball life throws your way. Whether you're in need of a Dutch oven to embark on a new bread baking adventure, a versatile cast iron skillet to use on the stovetop or the oven, or a new griddle or grill pan to send to a friend who is far away. Lodge's cast iron is made of just iron and oil and has been manufactured in Tennessee since 1896. Gather your ingredients, invite your friends, whether it be in person or over a screen, and break bread together. For Lodge's cast iron support of our return to home cooking and this podcast, we thank them. Rather than taking the predictable straight shot on the interstate, I opted for the scenic route. Rambling along quiet state roads, I passed through rural communities that undulated with the curve of the Mississippi River, and at other points, shifted abruptly like the razor's edge of a canal. Long stretches of sugarcane fields punctuated by occasional farmhouses gave way to country stores, travel plazas, and oil refineries. The local economic context is important when we talk about roadside food in South Louisiana. In the 1940s, sugarcane began to lose its economic foothold to the oil and gas industry. So for decades, there's been a built-in customer base of both offshore rig workers and inland-based refinery workers for the constellation of roadside stops that lies between Lafayette and the Gulf Coast. Here, Ryan Fertel explains how that pattern dawned on him when he started driving to high school along Highway 90 also called the Evangeline Thruway. I think these places, they sprung up along that, my route to high school because that, that route was also the main oil and gas corridor. You know, it's guys in pickup trucks um, just traveling back and forth to Morgan City to get out to the Gulf, to the platforms in the Gulf. And then, you know, sprinkled throughout are these grocery, gas station, you know, boudin stop places. Boudin purveyors are the backbone of an informal yet crucial economy in South Louisiana serving thousands of workers and travelers every day. Winding through the river parishes of South Louisiana, I turned onto the fabled Highway 61, where I made my first pit stop. You're at Stump Shell in Gramercy, Louisiana? That was Belinda Miller, who works the counter at Stumps. 
I stopped in Gramercy on the recommendation of Alex V. Cook, author of Seat Yourself, the best of South Louisiana's local diners, lunch houses, and roadside stops. He calls Stumps the weirdest gas station in South Louisiana. Though there's quite a bit of competition for that title, I can see why Stumps might come out victorious. The front of the store offers the snacks and sundries you'd expect, but the back looks more like an army surplus store, competing for space with a makeshift cafeteria. Work clothes line the walls in chaotic stacks, beside a takeout lunch counter and a laminate booth. Though I didn't see it, I'd heard that a gray parrot once lived inside Stumps, and loved to imitate the various cell phone ringtones, to such accuracy that folks would reach for their phones in line. Stump's eclectic inventory makes sense when you consider the clientele. Oil and gas workers who are stationed at the plants along that stretch of the Mississippi River. I met one of Stump's regulars, a man named Aubrey, who asked to go by his first name only. Aubrey was on his lunch break, and I asked him for a recommendation from the menu. All the hamburgers, they're very good. They're large, too. He was eating with a buddy who was a little more microphone shy. But Aubrey found a way to bring him into the conversation. I ate one for him, I ate two. I ate one, I ate one for him, too. <laughs> I said goodbye to Aubrey and continued northwest toward Lafayette. As I drove through Ascension Parish, the heavy industry presence announced itself across my windshield in gas flares and refinery traffic. The Sunshine Bridge, which gets its name from musician-turned-governor Jimmy Davis's song, You Are My Sunshine, is a major thoroughfare for plant workers in Donaldsonville. Sherry Fernandez used to be one of them. Though he's since retired from the CF Industries chemical complex, Sherry recalled the moment that the connection between plant workers and convenience stores crystallized in his mind. One morning I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep, and I uh, went by the Sunshine Bridge on the Donaldsonville side, and I just sat there and parked and watched the people go into the convenience store, and I was amazed at it. So after sitting for about two hours or so, two and a half, three hours, I said, you know what, I'm going to count the people. In one hour, I counted 100 people in that store. Pretty much 99% of them was uh, working in industry, industrial industry around in the local areas, pretty much, yeah. As I made my way into Acadiana, I passed billboards and signs advertising meat markets, each claiming to have the best boudin. And I thought about who else glances at these advertisements every day. Some of them will make a pit stop in Broussard, just south of Lafayette, where Billy B.O. is the fourth-generation owner of B.O.'s Meat and Grocery. You know, this whole area is all field-driven, and there's nothing but service companies up and down Highway 90. You know, the oil field's where it brings all the money in, so we're trying to capitalize on the oil field money. Of course, Boudin is B.O.'s bestseller, and Billy says he clears 65% of his Boudin sales before 10 a.m. each day. B.O.'s also specializes in cracklins, meat jerkies, and hogshead cheese, which is a South Louisiana aspic made from pork. In nearby Scott, Louisiana, locals told me about their small town's holy trinity of meat markets, the Best Stop, Don's Specialty Meats, and Billy's Boudin. While I was in Scott, I met Logan Fultonberg, who used to work offshore. I asked him what his morning commute was like back in those days. Wherever I was offshore, Cameron or Homa, so it's maybe an hour and a half, two hours, yeah. I would always stop at Billy's because it's right off the highway. <laughs> and I lived here in Scott, so yeah. Was Logan's breakfast order a link of Buddha? That and more. Crackling the whole, the whole nine yards, so yeah. I met Logan, ironically enough, not at Billy's, but down the road at the best stop, where Buddha links are available in mild and hot versions. Ryan Fertel weighed in on this distinction. 
I've heard places like say like the mild is for is for like sick people or infirm people, like people who with like stomach ailments or like, you know, people maybe getting out of a hospital or something. I'm a total wimp about spicy food, so I'll gladly accept the training wheel. After leaving the best stop, I figured it would be Budan Trail heresy not to try Don's and Billy's as well. At Don's, I parked by a row of tables and chairs lying vacant on an ineffably pleasant Saturday morning, while many of the patrons remained on the premises but chose to eat their first bite of Buddha in their cars. Billy's has made the ultimate adaptation to this norm, a drive through line that stretched halfway around the building. I approached Brooklyn Isaac, a Billy's employee who is standing by the line of cars with a clipboard in hand. I'm getting orders, so the process of going through the drive-thru will be quicker and more sufficient. Brooklyn couldn't stop to chat. She had to get back to the line of hungry customers. Though the selection at Billy's is comparable to many gas station food counters, it's not actually a gas station. Many meat markets that do resemble service stations don't even sell gas anymore. Ryan calls these pit stops without the pumps pseudo-gas stations. A lot of these places where you can find... Uh, Boudin, Boudin balls, cracklins, look like gas stations aesthetically, but it's as if the gas stations lost their gas pumps and stopped selling gas long ago. Um, It's almost like bodegas or corner stores in an urban environment, but you can't really walk to these places. They're located along highways, um, interstates, all throughout Acadiana. The thought of a gas station roof and columns without the pumps might be strange, but it actually makes a lot of business sense. The profit margins for food and beverage turn out to be far more lucrative than the return you get on the steep investment in petroleum. Kate Medley has found the same phenomenon across the rural South. Businesses that started as gas stations and as their business has evolved, they have either let the takes run dry or pulled them out entirely um, due to the economic shifts that are happening in the fuel economy. I talked to one proprietor who said he makes a dime on each gallon of gas. And, you know, when you think about the profit one can make on food, it turned out to be a more reliable business model that for them, food is the future of the gas station. Driving down the Evangeline Thruway near downtown Lafayette, I happened upon a true pseudo gas station called KTC Crawfish Express. Hanging below a bright yellow archway and columns was a gas price marquee that read $2.49. That didn't refer to the price per gallon, but rather the price per pound of crawfish. I ventured in and spoke to a mother and son working behind the counter. They told me that even though there's only one thing on the menu, crawfish, the look of the place still fools people on a regular basis. We still have people that come thinking it's a convenience store or a gas station. Even though there's no gas pumps and they come in disappointed. (laughs) Fortunately, the consolation prize is a great deal on crawfish, which is sourced directly from the owner's pond. After visiting a dozen roadside stops between New Orleans and Lafayette, some purveyors of fuel, some not, I started to think about gas stations as culture bearers. The Cajun meat market purveyors who sell at gas stations are keepers of the flame, carrying forward the area's boucherie, or whole hog traditions, which are becoming relatively scarce in South Louisiana. Billy Bio is the father of two sons, ages 27 and 24. One day, he hopes, they'll take over the family business. Cade Medley explained why rural and small-town gas stations have to be so many things at once. A lot of these gas stations in rural areas function as much more than just a place to fill up. 
they're serving as the place that you get breakfast in the morning where you're getting your scratch made biscuits. Later in the day, maybe you're stopping by to get live bait or your ammunition. In some rural towns, you go to the post office at the gas station. And in a lot of these spaces, you're really going there for community. I, I found myself in a lot of these small towns. People are really just sharing space with one another, standing beside one another, drinking coffee. Um, whether they're talking to one another or not, that's where they're finding their community. The sense of community came up again and again in my conversations with gas station food purveyors and customers. I spoke to a Shreveport native named Karen Wallace, who told me a story off tape about a visit she made years ago to Bunky, Louisiana, when her aunt had been assigned to work in a gas station as part of a work release program. Karen hung out the entire shift with her aunt and was fascinated by the number of regulars who passed through and knew one another. At that particular gas station, the major draw was their selection of hunting supplies. Elsewhere, other unexpected items appear on and off the menu. When I met Logan Fultenberg at the best stop in Scott, he was accompanying his daughter as she sold Girl Scout cookies. They chose the best stop based on its solid foot traffic on the weekends. Oh yes, we're selling Girl Scout cookies from my daughter's Troop 110. It's the Pines of the Gulf. Sundays are better, but a lot of people are passing through, like going from out of town, so or coming, I guess, going back home. So, I decided to do the same, having consumed more Buna and Cracklin than I ever had in one day. As I digested the food and all the interactions I'd shared on this road trip, a picture of South Louisiana's gas station culture began to form, the pure reflection of the community that Kate Medley spoke of before. It's not a compromise to eat food from a gas station in Louisiana. It's expected, even celebrated. Perhaps more than any other food space, the South Louisiana gas station is the most accessible place for food that you can't find anywhere else. Sarah Holtz produced this episode. She's an independent radio producer and documentary artist based in New Orleans. She's a radio obsessive who, in her spare time, volunteers at WRBH and hosts the Blues Show on WTUL. She's in it to win it. As we press record here at SFA Work From Home Headquarters, lots is up in the air. As of right this minute, all the spots featured here are open and serving. Praise be. Who else needs praise for this episode, John T? Wendell Patrick for Gravy Steam Music and Jazar for our donor music. Managing Editor for Gravy and all other SFA media is Sarah Camp Milam. Mary Beth Lasseter serves as our publisher. Ready to plan your own road trip, virtual or in person, through Cajun Country? Download the free SFA Stories app on June 1st and let SFA be your guide as you seek out every link of Boudin and every bag of crackling south of I-10. Visit southernfoodways.org to learn more about the app. And while you're there, make a donation. We need your dollars to thrive. Longtime SFA donor, the McElhaney Company, makers of Tabasco brand products, underwrote our app. That's why it's free. For that and so much more, we thank them. I'm Melissa Hall. And I'm John T. Edge. Thanks for letting us pour some gravy in your ears.